Hello, and welcome to the Anti-Fragile Tarot Podcast. This is your resident card slinger, Susanna. And I know it's been a while. I have been consumed once again by the maw of emergency nursing. But I haven't been entirely disconnected from the tarot world. I've been working with my different decks and really trying to reconnect with them and trying to figure out what are the next steps in my tarot card reading that can really take it to the next level. You know, I I know I've had podcast episodes before where I've addressed the concept of getting into a rut. And I've been in a rut. I have, you know, I have all these great decks and they're so cool, but something in my practice is just missing. You know, it's like the last 20 years of tarot card reading have just been this slog of looking at the images on the cards and considering the symbolism and really working within that 78 card system that tarot is comprised of, it's just starting to feel so stifling. And I'm not quite ready to move on to Oracle decks. I think Oracle decks are great, but you know, something about tarot still really speaks to me, even though I'm finding myself disenchanted with it. So I really took some time to sit with my cards. And one day it was a new moon. So it's a great time for planting those seeds of intention. And I was letting my cards soak up that new moon energy on my windowsill. And I grabbed one of my decks and I laid out a spread of cards. A sort of a miniature Celtic cross, the Celtic cross without the staff. And I did something that I haven't tried before. I laid out all of my cards face down. Usually, when I do a tarot card reading, I shuffle my deck. If I'm physically with a client, I'll have them cut the deck. But, well, I guess I haven't been doing that as much in the readings I've done with COVID. But anyway, I'll have them cut the deck. And if I don't have them cut the deck, I'm just shuffling. And then when I feel that the cards have been shuffled enough, I will take them. And one by one, I will turn them over to the picture side on the table. And then as those pictures line up, I'll start to look at trends and patterns and placements. Even if I'm doing a spread without assigned meanings, I will, or maybe even especially then, I will 
look at those cards and really figure out what's going on based on the placement and the different symbols and, you know, oh, are there a lot of swords or is there a really good mix of minor arcana or wow, is this all major arcana or, you know, are there a ton of reversals? Those are all the things that go through my head when I'm doing a reading because as I'm doing that reading, I'm turning the cards over. And honestly, I'm starting to feel that that's distracting from the message, the real message, the message that most tarot card readers will never understand. We talk a lot about intuitive reading and what that means and whether or not you're incorporating all the layers of symbolism that tarot uses from astrology to Kabbalah to numerology, color theory, and then all the layers that that individual artist, if you're not using one of the more traditional decks, may have incorporated into that visual key. There's, there's a really delicate balance between using the symbolism that's visually present and trusting your gut. And I know that in the past I've really paid a lot of attention to the system of tarot and what it means to work within the constraints and symbolism provided by these 78 cards. But you know, it's been a long time. It's been about 20 years of tarot reading. And I think I'm starting to evolve past the need to use any of that. But it's still very important to me that it be tarot. So I'm still going to use tarot decks. But when I placed all of these cards face down and just looked at the backs of them, it was like I knew the answer to my question without having to turn over any cards. It was absolutely surreal. You know, I just, I looked at them and I'd been considering how I should proceed with my spiritual life and whether or not it was time to say goodbye to everything that Anti-Fragile Tarot has been for the last few years. And, you know, I laid these cards face down and my intention was to flip them over and see what they were. But when I looked at the backs of those cards, those holographic backs of the Luminous Spirit deck by Tina Gong, it was like the answer was there all along. And as I said, this was a modified Celtic cross. So it was that inner card with the one card crossed over it and then four cards all around it. And it was like that inner card with the cross was telling me that the issue at hand was my spiritual dilemma and the card crossing it. I just knew like that, that first card, I knew without even having to look at it that that card 
had to have been the Hierophant and everything that that represents with what I can do with this podcast and the traditions that I've already established with this podcast. And I knew that the card crossing it had to be death. It had to be. Because what was getting in my way was being unwilling to put my biases and my preconceived notions about what tarot is aside. And that's what was standing in my way. So again, all of this is happening without me even turning over these cards. I just knew what these cards were. And I spent some more time looking at these cards. So I knew that the recent past card, if it was going to be speaking about what I was going through, was the reversed Four of Swords. I knew that this meant that I really hadn't been giving myself time to think and create for Anti-Fragile Tarot. I knew, looking at the back of the card and reaching within myself, that the card on the bottom that was representing my subconscious was the Empress. I knew that I still had a very creative soul deep, deep within me. The card on top representing what I was projecting to other people was the hanged man. And I knew this just from the holographic back of the card. By looking at that, I knew that other people were seeing me in this moment of limbo and pause. And I knew deep within me, looking at that final card that represented what the future might hold if I keep on the path that I'm going on, that the chariot was going to show me the way forward, that I was going to be successful with Anti-Fragile Tarot. I knew all of this without even looking at the images on the cards. It was such a powerful feeling to be able to just look at the backs of the cards and know exactly how that reading should go. I didn't even look at the cards to confirm it. I didn't want to give myself that moment of doubt where I was going to give in to needing to associate symbolism or incorporate other forms of knowledge. That was just going to be a weakness. So I didn't. I packed up those cards and right then I was inspired to reconnect with all of my decks. I've tried this with Oracle cards. I didn't find it to be as meaningful for me. You know, again, it's it's the system of tarot that really speaks to me. So even though I'm not looking at the images on the cards, I'm still working within that system. And I know what this reading should say. I know what all these readings should say, just based on how they're worded. So I don't need to look at these images. I just know what this 
reading should be comprised of. I know all these cards. And, you know, I confirmed that a few days later when I did another reading for a friend with my trusty Rider Waite Smith. You know, that particular Smithweight Centennial, I've used it for many, many professional readings. So, you know, some of the cards are a little bent or chipped. And yeah, like I could tell what the cards were. Like physically, I knew what the symbolism was on the other side just from looking at the backs of those. But it didn't matter. Because just based on what the question was, I knew what that reading had to say. So I really, really want you to consider trying to do some tarot spreads where you don't even look at the cards. I want you to lay them out just as if you were going to do a reading, but I don't want you to look at what they're telling you. All that's going to do is distract you from what they really mean. And I think it's especially important that you do this so that you can really hone your intuition. Now, this is a very, very advanced tarot technique, and it should not be attempted by a complete beginner. I do think that you need to have an idea of what the cards actually look like before you do this. But if you feel especially chosen and you want to dip your toe into the deep end, you can give it a try even if you're still using the book. You know, and, and this is a service that I will be offering on my Etsy very soon for the low, low price of $523 per reading. Why $523 per reading? Because five is the number of heiress and two plus three equals five. And the law of fives says that you can spot that pattern anywhere. The other reason I chose this number is because I'm not actually doing this. I've never done this. This entire episode, if you didn't notice the date, has been a joke. Happy April Fools, y'all. If you have been listening to the podcast for a long time, you already know that on April Fools, I release a joke episode. I have done it for years. And my jokes have kind of run the gamut. You know, last year I was a little bit on the nose by uh, joking that I was going to open a medical clinic based on tarot alone. I guess given the times we live in, maybe that was a little too topical. But I really felt like just getting super duper silly this year. And I'd come up with an idea for an episode that is a Patreon exclusive now. If you want to listen to the episode that didn't make it, please become a patron of mine for at least $1 and you can listen to it. However, this is just a bonus episode. It's nothing important. It's just me being silly. So if you don't, need to know what Glittermancy is all about, then you don't need to become a patron unless you really want to support me and what I do. I do put my Patreon on pause 
when I am not particularly active. So, you know, you can't keep that in mind. If I'm not actively producing content, I'm not going to be charging you. But I had reached out to a few of my friends about what I should do my April Fool's Day episode on. And I got a response I didn't expect in the middle of the night from my friend Ari. I've talked about Ari several times on this podcast. If you are on the Discord, Ari is very active and is my mod and really keeps things going. So thank you, Ari, because what I suggested Glittermancy, Ari was on it, although Ari did say that some people probably do Glittermancy, which fair. But Ari also suggested this absolutely absurd reading the backs of the tarot card episode, and I just thought it was hilarious. That being said, I don't necessarily think it's a bad idea, if you're doing a reading for yourself especially, to consider what you would want each card to say. Because if you're at the point where you can predict what you want each card to be, maybe it's not a question you really need to be consulting tarot on. Maybe that's a question you just need to answer within yourself. But as you may have been able to tell from the many layers of sarcasm that I wove throughout this episode, yes, I do feel strongly about using tarot as a system with any of the layers that you find useful within it. I'm not knocking Oracle decks, but I do feel that if you're going to be primarily intuitive, you may be better served by an Oracle deck, which doesn't have the same rules and restrictions and boundaries and heavy magical associations that tarot does and psychological associations for that matter. Even if you're not going the full magical spiritual route, the psychological and archetypal associations of tarot alone really kind of lock you in to a certain degree. I'm not saying you can't be intuitive. I'd certainly make intuitive leaps when doing my readings, especially after all these years. But, you know, I like doing tarot for a reason. Those symbols mean things. And that's part of what makes tarot so special to me and why, after all this time, I'm not bored with it. I'm not in a rut with my readings. I'm in a rut with not having enough energy to devote to anti-fragile tarot, given that I'm still an emergency room nurse in a staffing crisis with a pandemic that is still present, although thanks to vaccines, not as much of a threat as it was a couple of years ago to most people, especially not to vaccinated people. But the fact is, I am still a nurse. It is still quite taxing. So I haven't been able to devote as much time to this as I would like to, but I'm not by any means in a tarot rut. I still deeply, deeply enjoy doing tarot readings and using that vast well of symbolism and meaning that is held within those 78 cards of tarot. So thank you for listening. I hope this was entertaining. I hope I had you going WTF at least once or twice. And I hope to hear from you soon. 
Uh, again, if you want to hear the Glittermancy episode that didn't quite make it to production, become a patron of mine on Patreon. Any amount that you give helps fund the hosting for this podcast. The website that I am going to be hopefully getting up and running soon, thanks to another fabulous patron. The transcriptions that I'm still working on and just general costs of keeping the business going. So thank you again for any of the support that you give me, whether you're listening, downloading episodes, becoming my friend after being a listener. And feel free to follow me. I'm Anti-Fragile Tarot on almost all platforms except for Twitter, where you can find me as Anti-Fragile Card. Please don't hesitate to shoot me an email with things that you would like me to cover on this podcast. I'm antifragiletarot at gmail.com, and I would really love to have some ideas of what you would like to hear on this podcast besides absolutely ridiculous April Fool's Day episodes. All right. Thank you so much. Happy Poisson d'Avril, y'all. I hope you have a witchy and or wonderful day, and I will talk to you soon. Bye.